Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Running Things Considered. And last week, we asked you guys, we begged on our hands and knees to give us some five-star reviews, and you guys came through. And there, yes. there was one review specifically, if you listen to the, the last episode, it was from my man EJ Bauer. And he, he said, one time I met David Ribich, and I told him I listened to his podcast. I didn't seem that excited. I wish I had told him. I listen to his podcast and there's not more RTC to listen to. Keep it up, Zay and Avery. And he gave us three stars. <laughs> and, and I had never been more mad that he gave that review and then three stars. So we told him on the podcast live, said you either delete your account or you change your review to five stars. That's right. He changed his review to five he stars. He just got it right now. Five stars. So. I will say that I never usually go back and listen to the podcast because I think my voice sounds insane. But I did go back and listen, and I felt like I was a bit harsh on EJ Bauer. So yeah. I am uh, apologetic in that sense, but I appreciate well, it. Worked. He, he yeah. changed his view. Yeah, I feel like it was a little forced, but that's <laughs> my event. Well, we scared him, and we got there. That's what matters. And there's one more I want to say. Um, this, this Dr. Anne Marie gave us five stars and said, make sure to call me out in the podcast. He said, Roses are red, violets are blue. Zane lost his job. Avery has to poo. That's a great poem. Um, I actually already got it tattooed on me. It's on my back. And it says she, running things considered is the best thing to happen to you. She that's right. She kept rhyming. So thanks, thanks for the great content. I listen to every Thursday, and we go out of our way to release it every Thursday. So shout out. That's right. And so thank you so much for the reviews. You know, don't be scared to give us more. We're still trying to defeat sit and kick our rival podcast, even though I'm not even sure they know know we exist, but we make sure. <laughs> that as much we can but this we have a really special a really ex special podcast because we have a, a guy in my running class that I've, I've known for a while we have the man joe klecker on the podcast how you doing joe doing pretty good thanks for having me on absolutely joe and, were you uh, the one that came in it did you write about did you write us the poem i did not <laughs> <laughs> oh man i thought it may have been I, it sounded like it could have been you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounded like it <laughs> well i'm gonna give joe a little introduction quite quite the resume he's a new member of on running in oac he's a seven-time all-american a pac-12 champ 337 1500 339 1328 5k and what's your 10k uh 2735 27 that's not that's not on iaaf or world athletics so no because i was wearing shoes that were too too big a stack height so they don't count. really that's oh, why really? yeah oh my that God. is crazy i've never heard of that yeah uh, i guess maybe you don't want to talk about what you were wearing because you have another sponsor now but we well, I, was wearing on. I, was, I was wearing ons oh you, you were wearing ons, ons. yeah okay. interesting wow. was it a flat was it the cloud boom or whatever it's called yeah yeah the it was a, it was a prototype cloud boom that that's releasing hopefully i think this summer okay uh, but yeah it was kind of sucks because the time doesn't count so i gotta go run another 10k but. Who, who, who called you out for that or like what <laughs> i honestly have no clue because there were so many people in that race wearing a lot of uh like the adidas super shoe and like the other brand super shoes they're wearing them and i looked on world athletics to see if they had the same like asterisks next to the result and i was the only one <laughs> so uh, i don't know who that's, insane. Out for me. that's insane <laughs> well, well here's so People, if you work for World Athletics and you listen to this podcast, our age range is about 14 to 18. So the likelihood of that is very low. But <laughs> we're going to petition to get that 2735 ratified. 
uh, in order to make it. In, yeah, in, that'd be great. Did you have spikes <laughs> on the bottom of them, or was it just? Uh, no, it was just straight flats. Um, oh so, yeah, so they were just too too high stack height, so it didn't count. Even though they wow. were like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good shoe, but it's not a good track racing shoe. It's more of a road racing <laughs> shoe. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, so that uh, wow. it was ratified. Like it took like two weeks. So I was like, oh, maybe because I knew that they were too big of a shoe, but they weren't putting that asterisk next to anyone's mark and i'm like okay that's maybe they'll just let it slide and then wow uh, about two weeks later it <laughs> showed up and i checked i checked other people's and it just didn't have them so <laughs> there had to have been somebody with just like no life no friends who was just like going through like the pictures on your instagram <laughs> all your prototype shoe did some crazy math. you know you know that guy on tiktok who like does all of the heights for everything yeah <laughs> he probably like zoomed in on the shoe and like you know it was like it's the height of a roku remote and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's oh crazy I, I that's like an insane thing that's happening now i mean it's crazy i mean if you look at basically any collegiate result over this last weekend i mean a lot of those guys are wearing some crazy spikes so it's kind of just a part of the sport now i don't need, i don't know what the what the way they're going to do it, it go about it it seems like it's almost impossible because every shoe is going to do that now so yeah it's just evolving so quick yeah it's like once nike came out with that it's like everybody started you know just like sent the domino <laughs> down and it was uh everybody has a 25 foot shoe now so you might as well <laughs> yeah, right. when i was at new balance grand prix this weekend now actually before your race they make you fill out a form um declaring what shoe you're wearing whoa wow so i've never had that before and then this weekend we had to fill it out i'm like this is i guess this is how they're kind of tracking but i didn't have to do that in uh i didn't have to do that in la when i ran the 10k so i'm like still wondering how the heck they figured it out jesus yeah that's crazy if i ever got to run like a prototype or something that didn't have a name i would just make make it up (laughs) i'd be like the avery bartlett 24 is elite yeah Yeah. oh yeah you haven't seen these (laughs) <laughs> this is my shoe. This yeah. is my shoe. Just make sure get... to say that it's legal, though. Just like legal yeah. shoe. <laughs> yeah, that that that's what the name should be. It'd just be legal shoe. Yeah, legal, legal shoe. shoe. <laughs> it looks like a moon shoe, but I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Okay. That's five so inches. <laughs> in high school, I I ran in a very bad distance program. Um, and the entire school system was super bad at distance running, literally so bad. I would win our meets by like five minutes in cross country. <laughs> Anyways, this one kid was wearing shoes one time during a 5K. It was It's like this hilliest part of Atlanta. And he was wearing those shoes that like make you jump better in basketball. Oh, yeah. The Z wore those for an entire 5K, dude. I wonder <laughs> what the stack height of those was. I mean, it's seriously like this much. His yeah. calves were like busting out of the of his skin in the back. I was like, oh <laughs> my God. It was nuts. Maybe that's, that's the beauty of it. I'm gonna bring those back, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna break 15 in uh in uh jump shoes, whatever they yeah. are. Yeah, that, that result wouldn't be ratified. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know, you, you get the asterisk, yeah. <laughs> that would be such a bummer. That'd be like the hardest anybody's ever worked in a 5K and just just to get it. <laughs> <laughs> the asterisk. Oh my god. Well, well, that's insane. I'm that's I'm sorry to hear that. That's a lot of effort for. Uh, but at least you know it. I hope that you at least have the screenshot of the uh, of the time somewhere. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've, it's in my mind. 
That's, yeah. that's all that matters. It's going to be like, like one of those things where it, you're, you're going to be like 50 and you'll see a kid running on the sidewalk and you'll stop them and be like, like, you know, back in my day, I ran a, a 27 minute 10 K and he's like, Oh, like, can you prove it? And it's like, no. Well, honestly, that's my motivation to run faster is because like, <laughs> yeah. that result is just, is just gone. I know. Now. I know. It's like whenever I tell somebody my 200 time, it can be whatever I want it to be, you know, because it's just like <laughs> hand time to practice. <laughs> you have run 20.3. That's true. Coach Rowski had it on the. Yeah. <laughs> he stopped at like eight meters early. <laughs> Counted. <laughs> yeah. I well, so kind of how this uh, podcast works, and I'm sure listeners, listeners who are give us five stars kind of know the deal, but we have some trivia questions that are all kind of Joe Klecker trivia. It's the Kleck show this time. So <laughs> Avery thought that was like super, uh, super funny well, when we talked about it earlier. So. I, I was trying to like think of puns on your names, but the, the best one I could think of is you got to check yourself before you collect yourself. Have you heard <laughs> that before? If not, that's a good one. He has it. He's all his originals, ain't yeah i was so, like there was definitely somebody at his high school like when he was in high school definitely wrote some article oh. about that with that in the name like there's so, no way to so joe when you win the 5k this next weekend you're gonna <laughs> have the the tape across you're gonna have the picture on your instagram of your hands going across your caption has to be check yourself before you collect yourself okay <laughs> if i win if i win yeah <laughs> and right. if it's legal remember if you're running well, in the on legal shoe <laughs> yep, the legal. I'll make sure to put in my if I have to declare what shoe I'm wearing. I'll make sure to say it's legal. Yeah, that's right. You say, or you just say definitely not illegal. <laughs> definitely not illegal. <laughs> that's the way to get about it. Well, going into the first question, Zane, do you want to read it? I can read it. Um, Avery wrote this one uh, because I was, I don't, I picked up somebody's shift at a running store. I've never worked at a running store in my life, but people now think I want to do that. So I helped out today. So here you go. <laughs> um, it says, Alan Webb set the American record in the mile. Ryan Hall has set the American record in the half and full marathon. What other American record holder was a part of the 2001 graduating high school class? Uh, graduating high school class? 2001. It's relevant to your life. Remember this. It's very yeah. relevant currently. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I don't know what year Dathan graduated high school, but I know he's an American record holder, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess him. Boom. Woo. I will say that, that the whole like time that. that you were thinking, I had a placard up with Dathan's name on it, so he did cheat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but it is Dathan, and I learned a lot about Dathan's high school running career today. Dathan ran 13:44 in high school. Yeah. Which is insane to me same yeah <laughs> i mean in in that same year they had two guys because galen ran 1337 that year like you're, you're you run 1344 and you're not the high school like leader in the 5k that's insane and sucks it's starting to look like that again too in high school yeah i also read that that dathan ran 1410 at the state meet in cross and won by like over a minute and like and the other guy had set the course record and like it was he ran 1505 said it but Nathan was like I'll just run 1410 <laughs> like I, I just think that's insane so Nathan Ritzenheim he's your new coach and you've PR'd pretty much like every race you've you've had with him um how's it been going for how's training with the new coach been yeah so initially you know leaving college I was definitely scared to 
try something different just because I, you know, felt like I had a lot of success in college and I really liked what I was doing. But um, one reason I was really comfortable with Dathan was because he knew exactly where I was coming from. He was coached by Mark and Heather at CU. And so um, it was a really smooth transition because he basically knew exactly what training I was doing and how to get me to another level. I mean, I, I always look at Dathan and like try and do exactly what he did. Like, I mean, he ran 1256 and made Olympic teams. And so like, I always tell him, I'm like, just have me do what you did when I, when you were 24. Well, when he was 24, he says he made some mistakes that he's going to steer me away from. But uh, when you ran 1256, I say, just have me do what you were doing. And so it's kind of cool to like, I think we're very similar runners. And so yeah. um, it's been really smooth. Like, what, what, what kind of, mis- did he mention what kind of mistakes he made? Um, well, he ran a marathon when he was 24. Yikes. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> not, not something that I really want to do. Um, but yeah, so a lot of it was just, he, you know, was a young pro. I don't think he had um, a, a ton of guidance in what he was doing. Sure. He just, you know, he signed a, probably a pretty good contract, left school early and just um, like, was just kind of went out. I mean, he was a total grinder. Like, yeah, just, I mean, ran a marathon. He was 24. He did pretty well. <laughs> but I think that if looking back, I think he certainly would have not done that and focused more on like track racing. And sure. I don't know if he would have finished his career at CU. If, if I don't know if that he fear said that was a mistake, but yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Not run a marathon that young and focus on 5k and, and all that. How is, uh, I guess cause now, he ran 1256. He was 27 when he okay. did that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. How has, uh, well, I guess, the, the rest of your athletes uh, on OAC kind of adjusted to his training? Yeah. So, um, Ollie, as you can see, has adjusted very well. He ran three. Yeah. Last you don't need to say. You don't say. Yeah. So, and I think me and him have worked really well together. Um, we've been both, we haven't injured at all since we've been coached eighth in um, every workout. We'll link link for either the whole thing or like 90% of it were overlapping. Um, and then Jordy has also been doing pretty well. He raced down in New Zealand. He was home for a while. Okay. Um, and I think the one thing that why Dathan is a really good coach for him is that Dathan was someone in his career who was very injury prone. Like he had, I don't know how many stress fractures, but it's yeah. definitely double digits. Um, and so he knew how to get fit pretty quickly and he knew how to kind of maneuver injuries and something with Jordy you know he in his career at NAU he was kind of chronically injured um, but you might not know it based off his results and how successful he was Um, but I think having a coach like Dathan who was so you know had so many injuries in his career is really going to be beneficial for him and kind of navigating when he does have like small setbacks being able to like still stay focused on you know you can still you know, just because you have to take a week or two off here, you can still accomplish your goals of, you know, sure. trying to make the like for this um, summer, or like in the future, like making Olympic teams, like just because mm-hmm. you have a small injury, you can still go after that. Um, yeah. And then for Carlos, like Dathan and um, his co- uh, coach, Arizona, um, were kind of opposite ends of the spectrum where he did so much speed and sprinting. Like we always laugh about how short his workouts were <laughs> at uh, Arizona and 
so he's had a small adjustment period just getting used to the longer workouts but I think that they're kind of working out a happy medium of like figuring out what type of runner Carlos is and what he's gonna really thrive on going forward because I think had he stayed with his coach at Arizona there was maybe limited growth there in terms of just so much speed and not enough uh, aerobic development so I think that for him to really develop into the world-class runner and the world-class talent that he is I think he needs someone who's going to develop his aerobic ability a little more Mm -hmm. and his natural speed is just phenomenal so um they're just trying to figure out that yeah you just have to train the aerobic capacity a little bit i remember talking because my uh, my old high school teammate was my high school teammate for like two weeks but uh he ended up running in arizona with carlos for a little while there's a steepler named bailey roth and even bailey's workouts were like speed oriented (laughs) (laughs) and i don't even think the arizona coach is there anymore i think he left yeah yeah. so I i don't know who's coaching there now but yeah, Carlos was kind of the last. Uh, maybe he wanted to just stay through Carlos's career and yeah, right off, <laughs> right <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> well, this next question, are you ready, Joe? Yeah. You want to read it, Zane? I'll read it. I'm having trouble today. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Everybody has hard days reading. Um, this Minnesota marathon started in 1977, got its name from a newly opened small business that was the only local business that would sponsor the event for a fee of $600. I'm going to guess grandma's marathon. That is correct. You're two for two. I think everybody who's come on the podcast has gotten four out of five. So you're on your way. If we stopped right here, you'd have a hundred percent. Now you're doing pretty good. That was pretty good. So Grandma's marathon. Your mom is Janice Klecker, who won that marathon. <laughs> and I'm sure you've gotten this question a good bit, you know, having the, the Klecker last name. Um, but we have to ask it. Um, kind of how, how was uh, um, you kind of how has that kind of impacted your running career, knowing that you've had you have I guess you know what's in your body, your your genetics, those genes. <laughs> yeah, no. So, well, my dad's also won Grandma's marathon. So, <laughs> really? oh, wow. Yeah. That was an extra so, good question. Dang. <laughs> yeah. So when, I mean, obviously in Minnesota, grandma's marathon, twin cities marathon, I think my mom's won twin cities marathon as well. Um, like that running community locally, it was like every race I'd go to, it was like people would come up to me and talk about how they raced against my parents back in the day. And so um, <laughs> definitely like it would get a little old because the yeah. running community in Minnesota, I think is pretty small. And like with right. those two pretty good marathons um, and then, winning them back in the day like their name is so recognizable in the in the state and so yeah definitely like in high school I was so sick of people just coming up and saying oh I ran with your parents or yeah you know they'd ask if my parents were Janice and Barney actually even this past weekend at the New Balance Grand Prix I was getting my number or checking into the hotel and someone said you wouldn't be related to Janice Klecker would you I'm like yeah that's that's my mom (laughs) (laughs) man has a did your whole family kind of go into running or did you kind of I guess get into it as much as you did just because you know it was kind of what the family did yeah so I would say the biggest thing that kind of shaped me getting into running was when I was a kid like all every day my parents would be gone for one to two hours and they would just be out running and this was before I realize that that's pretty abnormal um, yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah, normal that every morning 
you know, it's like, oh, where's mom? Oh, she's out running. Where's dad? Oh, he's out running. And it's like, okay, they'll be back in, in a couple of hour or so. And then, you know, I've, I've, I have five siblings and all of us ran to some degree. My littlest brother plays football, but um, like when my brother, they joined my brother and sister were on the cross country team and I was in elementary school. So like over the summer, sometimes like they would be getting up to do their summer practice and I would just kind of tag along occasionally. Um, so when seventh grade rolled around and it was like, you know, I could register for fall sports. Um, it was kind of just like a no brainer. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it was very ingrained in like what we did, but it was never forced upon us. Like my parents good, never said, okay, like you got to go out for your run now is like, it was very natural. That's cool. I think from an outsider's perspective, it's super cool to think like that you thought it was totally normal for your parents to just run like 10 hours <laughs> a morning. Like there's probably like four sets of parents in the entire country who, who do that. Yeah. <laughs> Total mileage in my family is like maybe 12 over their lifespan. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's pretty cool. To be honest, I didn't even know, like, it, I, I'm sure you get it all the time or, you know, you just talked about how annoying it gets, but I didn't even know that was your, that was, your, those were your parents. So I learned a little bit today. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's super cool. And your mom, she made, she was in the, uh, what, what year did she make the Olympic team? Yeah, she made the Olympics in 92 in Barcelona. Oh, in Barcelona, okay. Um, yeah, she was the U.S. champion in uh, 92. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Do you know who got, who made the, the team with her? I don't. I know she won the Olympic trials that year, but she was the third American at the Olympics. So I, I, I don't know who else made the team with her. Okay. Okay. Well, still, uh, still, still a pretty decent thing. <laughs> <laughs> so th this next question, I think I can read it just because it's five words. Yeah, I think you got it. Just you think I got it? All right, roll, roll the music. Roll the inspirational. Uh, There's two words. Dramatic music. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. And this one is, what is the fastest 307-meter track in the world? <laughs> uh, definitely the University of Washington's Dempsey indoor track. Correct. So, <laughs> we, we bring up this race because it was an, a very abrupt last race in the Colorado uniform. Um, you, you, I mean, you, you won that race. You looked really good. And uh, I guess you, b before that you had gotten second in the, uh, got second at, at nationals in the NCAA two times. And I think like for most people, when they hear that, it's like, wow, like he's like, must be super good, but you know, everything's relative. I'm sure that that doesn't, doesn't sound as exciting to you. Um, and, and I, I can kind of tell this is kind of like fired you up. Uh, I could be, I could be wrong, but it, it kind of seems like it's kind of fired you up going into your pro season. Cause you're beating a lot of people right now. Um, but yeah, kind of talk to me uh, about kind of that, that last season of yours. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned the the race at Washington because I never have really thought about that that was my last race for Colorado because um, we were all down in El or, uh, Albuquerque yeah for for nationals mm -hmm. and so we didn't end up racing obviously but that that feels like when my career ended um, but really that was just merely a vacation at that point um, yeah <laughs> the races got canceled but yeah I mean going into indoor I mean my total focus was just learning to, to try and win um, mm -hmm. And so whether that was the 3K, the 5K or both, it was like I needed to leave Albuquerque with one win. Um, and so everything leading up to that, like I totally trusted Mark and Heather. They've done a great job with 
getting people to win titles. I mean, and so I just trusted them and what they wanted me to do. And so like going into Milrose games, it was like, try and win, just tactically try and win this race. And Mm -hmm. I ended up getting second, but I think that it really, I really practiced some good tactics there. And then going into Washington, it was, you know, the focus was just run as easy as you can to qualify for nationals. And I did that. And so it was like, okay, now everything's set. We're all good to go. Like go in here and try and win. And yeah, then when it got canceled, it was like, it really, I mean, it really sucked because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally felt ready to win. Um, yeah. In the years past, I didn't like when I got second to, to Morgan, he was clearly, I think a better runner. And then, in cross country, I, I just didn't set myself up to win that race. I mean, I kind of raced for second when I go back and look at it, but going into this weekend was probably the first NCAA race. I truly felt like I, if I don't win, it's really a failure. Yeah. So once, once that ended though, yeah, it was, took a while to kind of just realize like, well, I'm never going to win NCAA title. Yeah. Is that something that, uh, that feeling kind of fueling your fire right now? Cause it seems like you're, you're beating some people that, you know, yeah, I mean, it certainly is. I, I think that right now I like to, whenever I go into a race, I like to beat people that I didn't beat in college. Um, like just recently I beat Morgan McDonald and I never beat him in college. Um, and like this past weekend I was racing Justin Knight and I never beat him in college, but I came close and (laughs) it was funny. My mom sent me the result. I seconded him at Milrose games last year in the three K and I lost by like 1.1 1.1 seconds and then this at new balance in the two mile i was second to him by like 0.2 seconds so my mom oh, went really? closer to him i'm like yeah but i still still <laughs> only a matter of time <laughs> was that did 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 you run what was the time did you run like 8 13 8 16 or 8 13 uh 8 14 yeah i was 8 14 that's pretty uh <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty great oh uh, yeah i thought it was crazy like how that how everything uh I guess indoors unfolded like Harvard, I think was like the first team not to sin. And yeah. And that like blew up on social media too. Yeah. It was like, everyone was like backlash towards it. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah. Now looking back, people are like, Oh, well, maybe (laughs) Yeah, onto something. Yeah. (laughs) We all got sent home. We're like, well, Harvard is, you know, I guess they are smarter than all of us. They didn't even bother. (laughs) They didn't even bother. That didn't even cross my mind until now that like Harvard was the one to start. And of course it was Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like Georgia State being like, no, we're not going. It was like Harvard. It was like, we have the scientific research to show that this would not be a good idea. But it was crazy. I mean, they had everybody in the stadium, correct? And then they're like, oh, yeah. We did pre meet um, and everything. And we were like, but there was kind of an energy that this might not happen. Yeah. Like, that's always it, tough. Yeah. yeah. It was hard to really focus on the race because it was like, yeah. I don't think this is going to happen. Um, for us, like, I remember, I think it was Danny had like an interview with ESPN or something before the race. And I think the people for the interview just didn't show up. And I, I remember Mark making a comment like, yeah, this race is probably canceled. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think though, that now, I mean, now looking back at it, like, you know, the NBA has done their bubble and all that sort of stuff. Like they already had you guys there. Yeah. In, in retrospect, like, I don't think us racing there would have no. changed anything with the you know course no. of the pandemic, but yeah, I guess at that point we knew so little. I mean, it was the night before the it was two nights before the race, and I my uh my dad was gonna fly and watch, and this was before they said fans you know yeah. couldn't come, but I I told him just not to come because I was like I 
I, I think there's just a chance this could get canceled. Um, and when I said that to my parents, it kind of sounded crazy. Like I thought maybe there's a 10% chance this race yeah. doesn't happen, but I was like, you can watch it on TV. Like don't fly down. I mean, it's a far flight from Minnesota to Albuquerque. Yeah. So I was like, just, just stay there. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I guess it's like a big image thing. Cause you know, let's say there's a 0.001 chance of something bad happening, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense in retrospect. And what's insane is, I mean, the we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the, the Olympic trials here in Atlanta was like literally two days before everything went crazy. Yeah. So many people here. Yeah. yeah. It was like, wow, if they would have, if they would have known about that, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. I guess before this, like the most dramatic thing that's, or the most real thing that's happened in my life is I like, I don't know, I guess I like, uh, I cut my leg on a bridge one time and then, so like real stuff like this. I'm not used to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like thought back to the Olympic trials. I was like, Ooh, that seems like a super spreader event. Yeah. Well, Dathan's still convinced. He, he's like, I got sick after the Olympic trials. I guarantee I had COVID. And I was like, I don't know, but he's convinced he did. Oh, really? Wow. I will say yeah. that it's insane. Like our weather is, it was like leading up to the trials. It was like, uh 72 and sunny and in the mornings it was like 50 and just like beautiful that day was literally the coldest day i can ever remember in atlanta history avery and i live about a mile from the start line and it was so windy i was like there's no way ever there's no way anybody's gonna finish this race the, the funniest thing is is coming down the like the this the home stretch it's kind of like downhill so you already had a pick me up but the wind, it was like a, a tornado going through the building. So, like, Galen Rupp just got shot between two buildings to finish. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> that's why he like, ran 209. Yeah, that's right. And that finishing stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that last 5K, they were not uh, they were not pertinent to help the runners uh, feel good in the last 5K. No. <laughs> that was a pretty brutal course. Uh, it was. Yeah. A lot of fun, though. Watching my friend just walk in. <laughs> just give him the claps <laughs> he got last man he was he didn't care uh, <laughs> all right so the next question uh is of the rolling stones ranked 30 most influential artists of all time two being prince and bob dylan have what in common oh they're both from minnesota ba-boom ba-boom so yeah. you, you, you oh i'll talk I uh, I just I just read that you uh, that you like knowing about like local artists in American history, which is great. I was a history major in college, so every time we do one of these things, I have like a blast. Um, but yeah, do you have like a favorite artist from Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, pretty much all the probably I would say at least half the artists I listen to are from Minnesota. Um, growing up, like I've been listening to Atmosphere my whole life, and yeah, that's over and above my favorite artists, favorite group that, that I listened to. Yeah. You, you recently did a, an Instagram raffle, um, kind of raising awareness for, I guess, you know, that uh, I, I, you know, I guess Minnesota is kind of the center of a lot of attention during quarantine. I guess kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So, you know, after the, the George Floyd, um, and the riots in, in Minnesota. And so there was a Lake street, which is pretty, pretty close to my house. Um, in, in Minneapolis was just like totally looted and you know buildings just destroyed and so um there was this um organization that was raising money to to help rebuild the Lake Street which you know it's a place I would often go and to see it just torn down was like pretty sad um 
place that's just been, you know, a lot of great businesses and just a fun place to go. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, I have all this Colorado gear that I'm really not going to ever use again, but I have people messaging me all the time wanting to buy my gear. And I'm like, I don't really want to sell like a t-shirt for like 10 bucks. I'm like, that just doesn't, I don't sure. care that much. Um, but I was like, well, maybe I could like tell people if they donate to this charity, then they could uh, potentially win some gear. And so I didn't expect it like really to blow up that much, but we ended up raising, I think it was like $11,000. Um, and it's been cool to follow actually, like how they've been distributing these grants to the local businesses that like oh nice the average grant size to a business was like around $10,000. So it's kind of, wow. it kind of feels good to like know that you kind of helped one business like rebuild sure. uh, That's after, awesome. you know, being, you know, burnt down or looted yeah. or, or whatever it may be um which was to me pretty cool and just like to see that it was really pretty easy to like set that up i mean it didn't involve i didn't really have to do that much it just like spread through word of mouth and a lot of people yeah. thought it was cool and, and and donated that's great yeah i know avery had like a raffle of tech gear and i'm pretty sure he still gets messages about it like two and a half years later yeah it, it did it did crazy well but i didn't i didn't have any good cause yeah. <laughs> for that we had zero cause no, no, no cause. <laughs> but I had people I didn't even know like donate a thousand dollars, and I was like, "This really? isn't like this is crazy." Like, were, were, were you because I I know I I saw a lot of that of people doing giveaways, doing um selling their gear. Um, you were kind of at the forefront of that during. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, so I did it, and then I had like probably in the next two to three weeks, like a number of people like kind of asked me like how I went about doing it. Yeah. Uh, and because they, they thought it was a cool idea and then they kind of followed suit and, you know, donated to other different charities um, that, I mean, at the time there were so many charities that were raising money for wildfires and yeah everything. But so, yeah, it was kind of cool to see like the kind of ripple effect of it. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I didn't really see anyone with that idea. I mean, I'm sure that's a really common idea, but it just seemed like yeah, right. a great place for it to spread and like a, a good place. You, to, you already have a platform there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I have one. I wanted to uh, one time on Instagram. I really wanted to just uh, raffle off uh, an empty, like a half-eaten bag of chips, to see what would happen. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure some people would want that. I agree. Yeah, I, I didn't have the highest bet for that one. I tried. <laughs> yeah, Avery didn't get there. No, I didn't quite get there. <laughs> Do you want to read the next one, Avery, or is it me? I got this one's gonna be a challenge for me, but I want the challenge. Okay, I want you to be challenged. <laughs> Perfect. Are you ready, Joe? The final yeah. question. You've gotten yeah. you've gotten all of them right so four far. Five. Four four so far. Four yeah. for four. Let's let's we'll we'll see how you handle. We'll see how you handle on this one. <laughs> what is an aerosol consisting of visible mass? <laughs> a visible mass of minute liquid droplets, frozen crystals, or other particles suspended in the atmosphere of a planetary body or similar space called in normal terms. I'm not repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to repeat it? No, I, I, I don't even know where to start with this one. Uh, we can go ahead. So I wrote this because I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, when we talk about it, it does make sense. But... Um, we're talking about a cloud. 
So um, <laughs> in your life, obviously, I don't think we expect you to get that. So we'll say that you got them all right. That was <laughs> don't go, don't go, don't give them. We don't give handouts on RTC. <laughs> I do today. Just like just like the same reason we don't accept any any rating besides a five star rating. <laughs> well, that is true, and we make one again. We make one million dollars off of every five star rating. So Avery and I are currently at about fifty and a half million dollars each. Um, yes, we're, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> not doing bad for ourselves. My cats are eating very well. Um, but in terms of clouds, obviously on, uh, the pockets under the shoe on the sole are called clouds. That's the only reason I, I thought about this. Um, but we just, <laughs> it was like so stupid, um, but, uh, yeah, just talk about like what, 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 what drew you to on opposed to, I'm sure you, you probably talked to other, uh, companies. Um, what, what really drew you to on? Yeah. So with on, I mean, initially when I talked to them, um, so Andy Weeding, Andrew Weeding is like kind of at the forefront of yeah. was and Steve DeCoker of forming this, this team. And one of like, obviously they wanted an elite track team so that we could you know represent the brand well, but they really wanted a team that could um, help influence them to, to create new and better products. So I think a lot of people, you know, they really wanted our input on like, training shoes, racing shoes. And they, instead of having like, you know, just going out and doing their own research, they wanted a track team that they could just closely work with to help develop this product. And so I thought that was really cool that they wanted to really hear our input on, on product. And so just now we're starting to get some prototypes rolled out of like the very first things that, that Dathan and I um, were first kind of pitching to them. And it's really cool because you can just kind of see the, the, the brand like transforming from, you know, when we first got there, the shoes, you know, they're pretty good and whatever, but now like it's really forming into like what we want and what we think we need to like really train well at a high level. That's pretty awesome. And also like with the team, they, they kind of focused on, they wanted like an international team, which I thought Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Um, Steve DeCoker used to work for Brooks and he helped with the Brooks Beast quite a bit. Um, and so when he came here, I think that he thought, you know, an international team, um, one, you're going to increase your exposure a lot more just all over the world, but sure, also sure. It's, it's really cool that we're not competing against each other for Olympic spots and every day in practice, it's like, you totally want the best for everyone else there. And there's not a, even a 1% like, you know, I need to raise, I need to beat this person to, sure. to make an Olympic team. It's like, you're totally, you know, if one person's thriving and, and helping, you know, everyone out, uh, it benefits everyone when, you know, when you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually super cool. That's really great. And, and honestly, I think, I think one part about how, like, I mean, OAC, I think is, is just, it's, it's a great team. I, I'm really excited about it. But I also think you lucked out because you maybe picked the worst year of all time to turn pro. Yeah. <laughs> and so landing with that team was great honestly yeah i think they've done a super good job <laughs> carlos was our first uh podcast guest he was really? he was was he was, was, was he signed with on no he no, wasn't. wasn't and then when i went out to boulder and i was staying with uh drew and all them i went on a run and uh carlos was just decked out in on gear i was like oh okay well i see that he is not going back to arizona yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, was there any uh any thoughts about maybe 
using the, using the extra season of eligibility? Yeah, I mean, I def like I definitely had to to think it through. I mean, I like I said, I wanted to win an NCAA title so bad, um, mm-hmm. but it really came down to I did not want to go back to class because so my last semester <laughs> I was only in one class. Nice by NCAA <laughs> rule, you can only have one semester that's not full time. Yeah, and so I was gonna have to go back to like a master's program, and I was just like, oh. I, there's no, there's no one year master's program that I really wanted to do. And I was just like, this would just feel like I'm kind of wasting a little bit of time just yeah. to like achieve this one goal that hopefully in 10 years, no one even remembers. Sure. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you wanted it, you, you could have obviously done it. And I think, uh, accomplish, you can accomplish things that are super similar in professional running, like Olympic. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, if I ever win a U.S. title, I think that's going to override not winning an NCAA title. Sure. And it wasn't because you weren't fit enough. It was just uh, abnormal circumstances that prevented it from happening. For sure. Or stack height. <laughs> yeah. Stack height. <laughs> I think stack height was a thing in uh, 2020. Well, maybe at the, well, no, uh, at the trials here in Atlanta. The, 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 our runner, Nicole Fegan, is Georgia Tech. She, uh, she, she made, I guess, got like the 13th spot in the 3k out of absolutely nowhere. And she, she was wearing the, uh, the, the Nike, I forget which model. Like, that's yeah. The 4%. Yeah. <laughs> Did, was she allowed to qualify for nationals with it? I, I, it wasn't a rule back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. She just looked like, she just looked like a, like a spice girl on the, on the track. <laughs> having just, gigantic shoes. Her whole life. Yeah, she yeah, she doesn't wear spikes too, so it is yeah. Oh yeah, it's perfect then. She yeah. set like every school record, and I was like, huh, all right, <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. But that's fun. Um, all right. Well, this last question was sent in a couple of weeks ago, but like I said, damn it, I didn't plug the number at the beginning. We forgot. We forgot to plug the number. We we were too worried about the ratings. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> it's always something for us. Yeah. Okay, the, to call in. Also, Chris texted me and said, good job playing the number early. And then now I didn't do it. So the number <laughs> is 646-780-9218 um, to call in. We may have to edit it in at the beginning. 646-780-9218. We'll use that clip. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, all right. So this one's a little bit longer. And I'm hoping I clicked on the right one. But this time they did say their name and where they're from. So that's what we like to hear. Most of the time, they don't say it, but today, they did. Let me know if you Yo, can't hear it. what up, homies? ABB and Zingy C. It's your boy, Shawnee T. My question for you today is all about a phrase that's often thrown around, especially recently, growing the sport. So, I feel like the what of that question is really simple, but like the why and how are slightly more interesting. Um, as for the why, um, I want to hear from both of you on why you think you should, like, why we should grow the sport. Is it simply to attract more people, attract more sponsors, bring more money, have more professional athletes actually able to make a living? Or is it just like wanting more people to be introduced and exciting about something that you care about? Um, and how? I feel like all the answers to the how are kind of abstract and theoretical. Um, so like rivalries, for example, people say that like, oh, there's more rivalries the, there's going to be more people interested in the sport, but like at the end of the day, are more people really going to start caring about running that never really cared about running? Um, do you have any ideas that are demonstrable, or have you heard of anything? 
from any other sport that has worked uh, previously on popular sports that suddenly turned popular. Let me know. Uh, shout out B-Bone. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out West Fly. <laughs> I don't know who Rachel is, but shout out to Rachel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Do you remember his name? I can't remember. Stevie? Stevie Stevie. C. He called Stevie us all C. different. He said Zany C and A V B. I mean, let's do it. Clucky click. <laughs> all right. You, you got any thoughts on this, Joe? Yeah. So I mean there are a few questions in there, but I think that in terms of why growing the sport, I I mean I really think that within our sport there's a lot of stories that, you know, could be told. And I think that by growing the sport, you know, like when you think of like NBA or any sport, you, you, you know, a lot about each person, you know, a lot about the players and their stories, but when you watch like a broadcast of a track meet, you're not, you're not really learning anything about the people. And so I think that there's really poor connection between fans and athletes. Um, and so I think why we should grow it is one, there's a lot of great stories of athletes that can be told similar to any other major sport, but also, yeah, like obviously financial, like this sport, it's very cutthroat. I mean, the amount of people that can actually call track and field their job is so few. And I don't think it has to be that way. When you look at a lot of other endurance sports, um, there's a lot more um, financial opportunity for athletes and it just doesn't seem tr like track and field is really tapped into um, tapped into that. And I think that if we looked at the model of other sports like triathlon and biking um, and looking what they're doing, I think that it would create a lot more opportunity for athletes to um, make track and field their, their, their main job um, for more, you know, be accessible for more people. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you kind of eliminate that day job or whatever, you, you probably are going to get faster times and better athletes out of that anyways, because a lot of the times that is a bit of a hamper uh, to be able to like reach your potential. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, like we talked about before we got on, but just like creating a better and like uh, more relatable and desirable broadcast that like features you know, people that are interviewing, you know, like if Ben Crawford were to interview people or they just like kind of had intros or outros that were, you know, by these creators, because the creators are the ones who are really growing the sport basically just on YouTube and Instagram. And I don't think. And TikTok. And TikTok. Sorry, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's just like a huge medium that could be tapped that way. Um, and, you know, I think just recently, kind of basically due to COVID uh, ESPN picked up like the American track league series, um, which is huge. And I think that's great. My worry is that they're going to make it like when they play like cornhole on ESPN, that, that's, <laughs> they're kind of going to make it like a joke of a thing um, when it's like the hardest sport in the world. And again, like we, we talked about this with when Nick Simmons came on the podcast, but like, high school track and field and just, I think running in general has like the highest participation rate among any sport, um, whether that's football, basketball, soccer, sure. whatever it is like, but then once you like, but nobody knows anything about this right. other than they just run on their high school team. Cause 
and I think because it's just because no one's no one's capitalizing on it. And I mean, it's really no one's fault except for, you know, ours, you know, who's, you know, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. And I, I think I think what what business model that track and field could really do well on is honestly UFC because pro running, you're not racing really that all that often, you know, you have a few events a year, especially for like the top, top runners, like the Bowman runners almost never race. So when those opportunities come, I think you should have, you know, like build, build these characters throughout, you know, make some, some good intros, you know, you know, almost even like, you know, like American Ninja Warrior, where they you know, like goes back into the, uh, of like who this guy is, what he does, you know, just like make it more personable. Cause a lot of these runners have the stories. Like for me, you know, I like, Oh, the CS guy who makes TikToks, you know, that's like <laughs> interesting story, whatever um, to throw on there. And so, I mean, you're totally right. I think, you know, having a story and, and narrative is huge yeah, okay. and it's just a matter of who's going to do it. You know what I mean? And I, I think that really comes down to, the, the next generation. Cause I mean, it's not an unpopular opinion that USATF doesn't have, you know, the best, uh, best motives, but yeah, I mean, I think that one, really we have. I, I think that one thing they could do is it, like with the American track league, I think you need to have condensed programs like in a race. I agree. Like, 150,000. Like, I mean, yes. Track isn't, I mean, for maybe the fans, like, like all of us, it's, it's pretty action packed, but for people who don't really know the sport, like it's, it's really not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like your idea of like, yeah, really promoting um, these, like, yeah, we don't race that much. It's not like NBA where you're playing every night. Um, mm -hmm. So really um, highlighting these, these matchups, like if you, yeah, say there's a big 1500 coming up and you really build the story behind each athlete Um and then right. once the race actually comes, I mean, it, then P, it really builds hype around it. Um, I, I think that motto would work actually pretty good with, with running. For yeah. sure. You know, and like it, what you I, said about condensed programs, I've always thought that's what they needed to do. Because uh, so in between the races, even for me, they need to run it like the pin relays where they, you get the baton and the, the other team. But, is but the other thing that I, I think that even if there is downtime between races, instead of filling it with like, uh, small talk interviews that yeah. are really ads. Yeah. all the same <laughs> fill that time with uh, backstories on athletes like maybe yeah. you, like for a big race maybe you create maybe you go out and like create uh, like a, a short video with each athlete mm -hmm. of them talking about the race coming up talking about their training and yeah. um, build like their story and then you have that like once the matchup actually comes it's like you know you know say Ollie Horror's racing like this last weekend, Jake Whiteman, like one of yeah. the best British runners, like build that as like one of the best British runners is going against one of the best Australian And that runners. random New Zealand college kid. Well, yeah, who's apparently always good. I didn't, I didn't know of him. Yeah, but I, I think that for someone just turning on the TV, they have no clue Agreed. what the heck they're about to yeah. see. But say for five minutes before the race, you built that story. Like you had a 45 seconds or a minute 30 on each yeah. of, of the top guys in that field. And then you're like, oh, wow, like we're about to see this guy, like, and we know his, a little bit of his backstory. And then you get to see the, the matchup. But yeah, I mean, I'm, the, hoping, uh, I'm hoping the American Track League got um, a little bit of investment from the ESPN to be able to do stuff like that. Because I know that obviously production and stuff is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Do that. But I'm assuming that a TV contract, even of that stature, has to be worth something. So hopefully they'll be able to like. Yeah, for sure. But, but another thing with that is, you know, the American track league had what four or five races yeah. Cut it to one and make it these like really like each race is like this 
totally like high powered event, you know? Yeah. I mean, diluting it over four weeks, I think. Yeah. It's great in theory because it gives athletes a lot of opportunities to race, but it's like, if you're putting this on ESPN, yeah. like, you need to capitalize on that. You can't just have this, like you were saying, uh, people looking at it like cornhole, you know, you just throw, oh, it's just something to have on in the background like, yeah. versus these really like high powered events. And, and like post-race interviews are, are, are fun, but they're rarely ever just like, I'm tired. I had a good race, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, there's so much other stuff you can do besides that. You don't need to do it every single time, but it's the only thing they have to do but to, to fill the, to fill that void between. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, to me, it's understandable if it's like an American record, national yeah, exactly, record, exactly. something like that, because then people For really sure. do want to hear from them. But I think that, yeah, like you're like, they finish the race and then go right into, you know, a little bit of, um, a little bit of what's going to happen next, you know, like build, like building up hype for the next race. And yeah. so people watching can be like, Oh, now we get to see the 200 and really know about, you know, yeah. Noah Lyle's backstory, someone like that. Yeah. It's like, those guys have like, they're incredible people and they got great stories. And I think that, you know, people really would want to know about who they are. And I think that it would create a lot of fans. Yeah, I do too. I think that hopefully they can, I don't know what they're going to do outdoors, but I hope they continue it. Um, I, know- I, I, I will say the, the NCAA championships outdoors, I got no complaints about that. I think that's. Well, it always comes down to the most incredible four by four every single time. So you Which can't is, not yeah. like it. Yeah. But- <laughs> Yeah, outdoors they do a little bit they espn does interview you know the top people in the race and so as the race is on sometimes they'll cut to interviews where you do get to know a little bit of who is in that race um and i you rarely see that i mean i didn't i didn't see the broadcast of uh the new balance grand prix this weekend but i i didn't hear of it like ollie didn't get interviewed before the race yeah it it, it was a lot of just like the just like B- b-roll of the track while people are warming up was that's like half it of it which is so yeah, tough that's like so if tough. you can hype up what, what seems to be happening every single time because people are just getting faster and the genetic pool is getting smaller so people are inevitably going to get faster <laughs> but um is like i swear every time you know donovan brazier or bryce hopple or somebody hops on the track they're like gunning for an american record but nobody even talks about it like the only time that it's talked about is like oh he just ran 216 that happens to be the american record like yeah. they don't have any backstory about it. You know, nobody knew what the American record was going into it. They don't yeah. talk about it. You don't know, you don't know all the national records that were run until it pops up on that screen and you yeah. see, uh, <laughs> Oh, Ollie Hoare national record. Sam and, Tinder and, national record. And to the yeah. average runner, like to the average person, like, you know, if, if, that, if that's my first ever broadcast, you know, that I'm going to be like, okay, cool. This happens every meet, you know, because yeah, exactly. it was just so casual. <laughs> Think about how exciting it would have been for somebody who may have not known about it. But they 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 knew that the national record for the 800 indoors was 144.22, and then Donovan Brazier ran 144.22, and you're like, oh my god! And then it got rounded down to 44.21. Uh, yeah. Oh, holy shit! You know, but nobody <laughs> had any idea until they're like, it got rounded down, and it's like there's no excitement. It's all the same people broadcasting every single time. Yeah, wow. going to it forever. Like, I don't think the announcers are usually the announcers are usually pretty good, but I think that yeah. they I think the production is what needs. Yeah, for it needs sure. to be improved yeah. to, just to make it more enticing. I mean, like if I'm flipping through channels and I see a UFC fight, I'm usually pretty engaged in it, and I really do not care about yeah. UFC at all. But they'll build up the people's backstory. They'll show, you know, what they're doing in training, stuff like that. And it's like that's pretty cool to see when, like, for me because I have no knowledge of that sport at all, but I can watch this and kind of like understand 
what they're doing. People yeah. have no clue what runners do. Like, exactly. You know, I mean, I, I don't even know what like sprinters do for training. Like it'd be interesting to see <laughs> that like, if they went and showed, you know, just had like a sprinter talk about like before the race, how they've been preparing, like, and showing videos and like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even need to be long, but I think that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. We should get some, well, hopefully uh, some folks are listening to. Uh, yeah. And yeah. M- maybe it's up to us, you know, new I generation track and field. I got, I got a TikTok. <laughs> i also have a tiktok (laughs) don't look at it it's really embarrassing um well i I, thank you i think this was a it's a pretty good podcast thank you so much joe for coming on thanks for having me on it's nice to nice talk to you again after a few years and not not talking i know just instagram likes or whatever but but i i do have to bring up that i think myself or drew still owes you five dollars for a photo in uh new york that we took in times square <laughs> yes both <laughs> you guys owe me ten dollars i forgot about that yeah we oh my I, we got it about that. drew sent me that photo uh the day before the race this weekend because we wow in new york, and i was like we still owe avery five bucks each <laughs> that's so fun are we okay so <laughs> You, you would tell you would tell the story, Joe. Yeah, so we were we were at the Dream Mile, our senior year of high school, and we finished the race. Uh, which Dream Mile was an incredible event. They kind of just bring you in and give you money and just <laughs> run around New York. The only thing you have to do is go run your race. And so we finished our race, and that evening we probably walked like eight miles just around New York. Oh yeah. And we were in Times Square, and. I'd never been there and someone just came up to us and wanted a photo with Drew and I and <laughs> we so Avery took the photo of us and then she just asked for ten dollars and Drew <laughs> it was one of those we had yeah. no idea we had no idea <laughs> Drew and I had no cash and Avery uh fronted the Avery took the photo and paid for the photo well it was so funny well <laughs> and paid for it well, it, it was one of those ladies who had like painted themselves. And sure, so we were I'm like, we got to take a picture. We got to take a picture. Yes, I lived we were like right 17, 18 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That's wow. actually hilarious. Yeah. You, well, you guys should expect a, well, there's interest involved. You, there's you a, lot yeah, yeah, a lot of interest. Yeah. A lot of interest. Six years and years of interest. Now, almost. We will. Uh, Maybe we'll almost $6 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever inflation is. It, yeah. You guys may be broke by the uh by the end yeah, of we'll the- see I'll, I'll crunch the numbers <laughs> i'll give you a five-star review because that's you know that that's that's gonna go that's along. true that's that's a million dollars for us you're right all right <laughs> i'll pay you the difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll give you nine hundred ninety-nine thousand. it's only fair <laughs> <laughs> all right well yet again the number is six four six seven eight zero nine two one eight thank you so much joe for getting on the pod and we will see you guys next week with hopefully another good guest i have no idea who it is but it's gonna be a good guest it's gonna be my cats they're coming it's gonna be saints cats